Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I'm Mina Starziak Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. Hello, you guys. I'm very, very excited today on Mina AF for a couple of reasons. So I've got to meet some cool people since having the show, but I am very lucky and blessed to have known the lovely Megan Gailey since before the show. And I feel like we've both gotten a lot cooler. Like we're <laughs> way more popular in the last decade. But you guys, if you don't already know who she is, she is one of the funniest humans, definitely the funniest ginger I know. Um, she's a comedian, been on The Tonight Show, been on Conan, uh, Lights Out with David Spade, Comedy Central, so many cool places. And she's also started a new podcast. So we're going to talk about all kinds of things. Also, your brother has known my husband for how long? Since, I mean- Like they were pooping I, their pants yeah, together? I've known your husband since I was pooping my pants. So it goes- okay. Way, way back. Okay, so we might have some fun Skeeter stories yes, in there too. By yes. the way, that is, if you guys don't know, Skeeter was Steve's nickname because he had long mosquito legs. <laughs> the notorious- He's been working on him. The notorious nine. Have you ever heard that name of their clique? No. Yeah, the notorious- That's the boys? The notorious nine. It's so funny hearing stories about all the different boys now. Like, you would have never thought that Danny Donovan was the troublemaker of the group. I know. And, and Danny Donovan was my tennis coach when I was in high school, and I had the biggest crush on him. <gasps> That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, just so everyone has a little bit more of, you know, I gave the spiel all the cool places, but Megan is from Indy, you guys. So another really cool indie person. Cool things are happening in Indy. She did move to LA, which kind of sucks, but your family, your parents are still here. Um, so we get to see you every once in a while, but let I, I want to hear, because I don't think I actually know this story, or you told me and I forgot because I've had COVID and two kids, <laughs> like how... You got started and what, like, you know, the whole struggle bus getting yeah. started as a comedian, because I'm sure it's not like a walk in the park. No, I, I still struggle. <laughs> like, I love when people yeah. are like, Do you, have you ever bombed? I'm like, I bombed last week. <laughs> you just bomb sometimes. Um, so I graduated in the peak of the recession um, in 2008, and it actually worked out for me because I didn't want to get a job, but then I was able to just blame it on the recession and be like, oh, no, what are we going to do? So I, I moved home, and my grandmother was living with my family, my mom's mom at the time, and so... So during the day, I helped take care of her because she had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and both of my parents were working. So my nanny and I would hang out during the day and I was really kind of searching for 
something to do, a purpose. I had I had worked a little bit in sports. I was a theater major. So I had kind of a performance background and people had been telling me, you've got to do stand-up, which is the worst thing you can tell someone. Um, and so I- <laughs> You're so funny. You've got to do this. Get yes, up there. Yeah, because I'll meet people now and they're like, all of my friends tell me I should do stand-up. I'm like, oh, great. You have terrible, don't do, don't you have terrible friends. Uh, so I just started going to open mic. So I did my first open mic September 24th at Crackers and in Indy. Now, rest in peace, no longer. I've outlasted yeah, a no whole longer. comedy club. And mm-hmm. We did get a new one, though. What's that new helium. one that went into the helium, helium in yeah. the downtown mall? Yeah, Helium. I just yeah. did six shows there over Memorial Day, and it's beautiful. It's a really great In club. Indy? They were all sold out. Steve and I don't get any kind of like VIP, we you can come have. anyway thing. Well, here's the thing. And, and oh, you know dang. it too. Once you have a baby, you like lose track. So it was like, well, I thought I was doing- Lose track of life. Lose it's like of day life. of. I thought I was doing five shows, mm-hmm. which is pushing it. And then it was two Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday. In addition to my husband being there, my baby being there, my parents who- you know, are amazing, lovely people, but are demanding of time and energy. Yes. So it you know was, who else is in oof. trouble now? There's the rest of your family. Wait, did your brother come in from out of town? No. Okay. No. Okay. Then Steve won't be mad. Okay. Absolutely not. We'll be all right. Well, there. and I was supposed to see Steve in Vegas for the Colts game, and he didn't go. So oh, I guess we're even. So much even let now. down. Look, yeah. I wasn't part of any of that shenanigans. I know. I know. But we really. It. It's um. Everyone's busy. That's uh, I um, yeah. Kids, so I, I go oh, kids mess it's everything next level. up. I, they as do. You can, now I'm like going back to my story about starting stand up. <laughs> even during my <laughs> what were we talking about? During my sets, now I'll go. Where was I? And people will be like, Yeah, uh, you were. You got married. I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I like meet people keeping track. And so yeah, I fell in love with stand up, and I moved to Chicago and was there for five and a half years and then went to New York and now I'm in LA so there's nowhere else to go. I remember coming to New York to yes. see you with Steve and I am not in like the the comedy culture or really New York culture period. So when you had us, like the address we went to was, it looked like, like almost like a post-apocalyptic apartment building. Yes. <laughs> That's probably $10,000 a month. Like it was, I remember it was kind of in, I don't know how to say like rural Brooklyn, but it was in yeah. the industrial part of Brooklyn. And the show, because this is the thing, people will be like, I want to come to a show. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to be at a dog shop. Like some of the shows are <laughs> so in weird places. They're not at like clubs all the time. And we were like all sitting in the floor of this empty yes. apartment. There was a, a like, bartender a in like apartment. the little kitchenette. Yes. And it was so good then. And I think I was 28. And I remember being like, I'm too old to be here. And I still I'll go and do shows where the average age is like 21 years old. Of the people or of the performers? Both. Both? Yeah. Jeez, that's ballsy at 21. I well, but out here, you know, they're all on they're they're like agents assistants or managers assistants. And so they're people that are in the business. And and then you see these kids and they're like, I mean, there was a girl in the front row. She had to be 21. She had Gucci shoes on. I'm like, I had to give birth to give get Gucci shoes. You just had to be born. Well, if I buy Gucci shoes, they're the knockoff ones from AliExpress. Well, these kids, they just got Gucci shoes <laughs> got, in the front row. Like, you old bitch. <laughs> but I love, I love that your story and that you're super cool about talking about all of it because it's not like this – 
beautiful, fancy, serendipitous, everything was sunshine and roses, and now you're rich because you've been on Conan, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. think like, oh, you've made it, you probably live in a mansion, and you've got 10 nannies, and you know, it's just, it's a continuous hustle, right? Yeah, when I did Conan, I was still a nanny. I I was working as a nanny, and so I flew out to LA and then had to fly back the very next day because I had to go to work. Yeah. And you get paid a day rate, and it's not, I think in the old days, like you could go on the Tonight Show once and they'd meet you at the door with a development deal, but it just doesn't happen (laughs) like that anymore. And that's fine um, because you do get to, I'm glad I was a nanny. It it was a wonderful experience to me. When I was in Chicago, I was a bartender and waitress. Like I will be eating places here in LA and I go, I think I could work here. Like I still in the back (laughs) of my mind, I'm like, what would I do if once uh, a waitress, always a waitress. Absolutely. I still have dreams about, I'll like wake up and I'm like, oh no, I was in the weeds. We're, we're in the middle of a writer's strike right now. Yes. Tell me about that. Cause I, I obviously like my production team, I've heard like the rumblings, but I would love to hear it like more firsthand. Yeah. So, I mean, full disclosure, I am a professional TV writer, and I'm a part of the WGA, which is the union that represents writers. Um, my husband is also in it. So 2000... 2000- Wait, who do you guys typically write for? Like, who have you wrote for? So I've written for a show that had two seasons on HBO called Pause with Sam J. I've written for a multiple of variety shows, The Critics' Choice, The ESPYs, um, some non-script- non-scripted, like, interview style shows that are still scripted. My husband uh, used to work at Fallon. You know, we've seen, we've seen a lot. And basically what's happening is kind of tied to your point that you made earlier is like, you hear those and you go, oh my God, you must be rich. And it's like, no, we're not, not at all. And they and no, are the people I'm writing yes, for. Are. Yeah, so, so the studios and the corporations were in this heyday of television of, you know, last night was the first Sunday without succession. And that's all social media is talking about. And so there's these massively popular shows. And then you look at the people that are creating them and writing them. And for the most part, they're really struggling. And a lot of it is because the amount of episodes has shrunk in in the old days, in the the pre-streaming era, it would be 22 episodes a year um, or a Mm -hmm. season. And that takes almost a full year to write. Now, the HBO show I worked on, it was six episodes and then eight episodes. So that only takes a few months to write. And so you're employed for these 13-week blocks, but you're not being paid enough for then that to sustain you for the remainder of the year. And so people are having to work multiple jobs. We're doing a lot more. Eating better is so easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. All their meals are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. With over 35 different options to choose from every single week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. My absolute favorite meal from them was a shrimp pasta one, and that is hard to do in a warmed-up meal, and they were so perfect. They also have more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. 
Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. That's right, no prep and no mess. We've done the math, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 and use code MinaAF50 to get 50% off. That's code MinaAF50 at factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 to get 50% off. For a lot less. And now there's this introduction of AI. And when they were negotiating, they brought the, the Writers Guild representatives brought it up. And basically the studios were like, we won't even, we won't even negotiate on that. Which I think made all of us go, what are you planning to do with AI? We're, we're become, are we going to be obsolete? Oh, is that what they're saying? Like they won't negotiate because they could just use AI and do what you guys do? Well, we don't know what AI is going to be, so we don't want to talk about it yet. But it's that type of thing where it's like, it's got to be in the contract now or in three years, it's all going to be AI. So the last major strike was in 2007 and that lasted 100 days. It cost the industry $3 billion. We are already, today's the first day, week six of the strike. And, And it's... You know, it's torpedoed some projects. It's really kind of stalled out a lot of things, but it's that like short-term pain for long-term gain. Well, yeah. And I'm sure there's a big lag in it too that like we as consumers aren't even knowing, like we aren't even realizing yet because so much is done so far in advance. Right. And the streamers, they're like, we could go for a year. Like they've got so much already in the can, but where it is starting to bump up, I know Steve is a big fan of this show, Beef. Uh, One of our neighbors is in Beef. And I was like, Uh, Oh my God, he's so excited about this. Like, we're going to come visit you just so he can stalk your neighbor that's in beef. Well, and you know, I remember this now. He's from Indiana. He's also, we went to Purdue together. But so we were at a wedding and I was like, is it it affecting um, the second season? And he goes, the writer's room started the day before the strike. So, and so it stopped. You know, they did one day of writing. So, season two of these shows that we've all loved aren't going to be able to go into production until. After the strike is over. So it's going to be like two years between seasons. Yeah. Or or longer. So it'll be, you know, it's just sort of a volatile industry. Um, There's a really good podcast called The Town that does a a great breakdown of sort of the economics of it and and the business side of it. But... I didn't get into stand-up to become a television writer. It kind of happened. And it's just a really fun job. You get to do amazing things. I wrote for Peyton Manning at the ESPYs. Um, so it's like I got to meet the greatest cult of all time just to like write silly jokes. You guys also, Megan Gailey is probably top three biggest Pacers and Colts fanatic yes. in the country. Yes, Definitely in LA. Oh, yes, absolutely. Psycho levels. My son's on a walk right now and he's got a Colts hoodie on. Of course. Of course he does. So the the podcast you started, I Love My Kid Butt, which yeah. I love. And when you ask me about it, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Because a couple of reasons. See, this my brain wants to know 10 things. How long did you start the podcast? Is the podcast a thing because of the writer's strike and you had time is the first question. And also, I just love that whole idea of it because, again, a big part of what I try to do on my podcast, my social, 
it's just very like out there. And I get a lot of comments from parents, which I'm sure you do too. Like, well, at least you have a child. You should be happy for X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, they're great. And they suck. And that's okay. And that's pretty much like what your whole podcast is. Yeah. I think you can be honest and be like, this is the greatest joy of my life. He also puked a tub of raspberries two minutes before I got on here. And I wish he hadn't done that. That definitely messed up my morning. Um, But that's like to be like, no, it's all great. It's like, oh, no, his breath stings. He is now kicking us while we're changing his diaper. Again, wouldn't give him up for the world. But there's aspects of it that are absolute nightmares. Just wait till he starts realizing that he has a penis. Well, then things get weird. He's really grabbing onto it a lot. And we'll be like, okay, those are your balls. That's your penis. I mean, he's, he's still in that. He's only 13 months. So he's still such a sweetie and loves to hug and loves to give kisses. But he has started like, I'm like, can tantrum start at 13 months? Because I feel like I have a a toddler already. Um, But yeah, we, I mean, we've had people on the podcast that have 18 year olds and they're like, Oh boy, they they're like we miss those baby years because they're oh yeah the problems are at least manageable and then you know they come and ask you about sex and you're like oh boy the podcast came about you know I keep saying those who cannot write podcast so it it was sort of but you can write I know but we just can't legally right now oh um, gotcha 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 so it was in the works before then it's with this come company called Wondry. And they came to myself and then two other comedians, Kurt Braunholler and Chris Garcia, who are both dads and good friends of mine out here in LA. Combined, we have four kids um, that range from almost seven to 13 months. And they were like, we feel like the parenting podcasts that are out there have experts on, which is obviously very valuable, are yeah. giving tips, obviously very valuable. We'd like to do something that's just breakdown of stories and anecdotes and things that we're struggling with in the parenting space. So what has been um, like the wildest thing that has come out like story-wise or experience-wise between the three of you? Because I'm sure however the story is told, it's hilariously funny, but like weirdest. You know, I think one of the wildest things, and this is a real difference between being raised in the Midwest and now being like raising children in Los Angeles, is just just the approach to parenting. Yeah. I'm learning how to be an LA mom while also trying to maintain my Midwestern mom if that makes sense. So I'm like taking the things I like about LA parenting and then leaving a lot of it. And there's so many different people you can hire out here that are specialist in X. Like I had a a Zoom lactation consultant, a woman who called me on my iPhone and my mom had to hold my phone as close to my nipples. I mean, we've had people on the podcast that have met with a Zoom poop specialist. Like because the baby wasn't pooping or they wanted to show them the poop and see what the issue with the poop was? The kid wouldn't poop in the toilet, was like very afraid of pooping in the toilet. And so they had done all these things. They cut a hole in the diaper, tried all these different things. So then they reached out to this poop specialist. And I'm like, I don't even know how you become 
qualified. A like, specialist in training. What is the training? What did they tell them to do? They told them, t- tell your daughter that there is a poop party beneath the house and all the poop wants to be together. They like being down there. They're friends. They want to see each other. But the only way for the poop to get to the party is through the toilet. Did it work? Yes. They said it worked. What? Instantly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And I bet they paid at least $300 for that advice. I, I, I think it was, yeah, I think he said it was like 150 for like 10 minutes. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. And, and so then I'm like, should I become a poop specialist? Like this really, this seems <laughs> like- Face better than comedy. But like you'll see, uh, uh, there's, it's not people I follow, but like mom friends of mine will show me other moms that are like making these really elaborate bento boxes of lunches. Oh, Jesus, just buy a dang Lunchable. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't, like, I don't have, I don't even have time to like take a picture of his food. Like, I'm taking pictures when he's covered head to toe in- In the food. In ravioli sauce. So it- but like from the can not homemade I don't begrudge them I'm just like oh yeah we're not we're not gonna be able to do that or like we know we know kids Conrad just started daycare and based on the present I got at Mother's Day they were like oh he goes to a fancy daycare and I'm like I didn't even mean for him to go to a fancy daycare it was just the only one I toured and I go that'll do yeah Oh, no, I feel I – no one has um, outwardly judged me, but when I would pack Jack's lunch, which I just gave up on and started paying for school lunch, Mm -hmm. um, I would judge myself as I was packing it because I know all he will eat is the crackers and the cheese from the Lunchable. He doesn't eat the Oreo. He doesn't eat whatever the meat is. And I would put some kind of fresh fruit. I would put strawberries. I would put blueberries. I would put a yogurt that I know are not going to get eaten. I know, and I know they're probably going to come back room temperature, so they're no good anymore, and I have to throw them away, but at least the other adult humans there know I tried. <laughs> know that you care about fruit and know that fruit is an important part. Yes. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I, I guess, see, that made it sound nice that I care about fruit and I know it's important. I care that I look like I'm trying to make my child healthy. A hundred percent. We just, when we were flying back from Indy to L.A., Conrad had, you know, he's 13 months. There's not a ton he can do on a plane. And so he had two little minor freakouts. But it was very obvious that CJ and I were trying to get him to settle down. Like we were, we were stressed, but we also looked stressed. And I was like, that's really all we need to do. Yeah. It's like for these people to know that we're at least trying yeah. to get him to stop screaming, that's all we can give to the passengers around us. I feel like there's so much shenanigans. So like if the people that get upset on a plane about your child, I think, have not ever had children or had children before they ever flew on airplanes. Because Or had children and didn't do anything. Yeah, with and their didn't children. do anything. We're not the primary caregiver. Yeah, because it is hard. I flew in and out of Denver on Saturday, and there was a mom that looked very young. She was definitely 20s, I think probably early 20s. And she had a baby under one arm, just kind of like snatched like this. She had a big old diaper bag backpack. She had um, a carry-on, a large, turns out very heavy carry-on suitcase and the stroller that she had to get down the jet bridge that she was going to then, you know, fold up. And, and, I, and no one's helping her. She can't even get like her ticket out to get it. And I was like, um, let me, here. 
And I cut three people in line so I could help this woman down the jet bridge, put her 5,000 pound suitcase up above. Um, and her baby was lovely the whole time. It didn't cry. But I've been on planes where people are so annoyed that kids are like, existing being children. Which if a dad was like in that situation, that poor father, there'd be 75 people trying to help them. Oh my God, what a good, CJ is going to try, he's going to, we're planning on him flying alone. And even he was like, oh, I know people will help me. And and that's the truth. It's like, oh my God, look at you and your baby. This is, and moms, they're like, move bitch. Yeah. Ah. I need to bring that up to Steve because he on the regular gets so upset. He's like, no one asks me how I balance my full-time job in parenthood. I do the same as you do. I was like, I know you do, baby, but that's not the norm. It is the norm. Dads do that now. And I'm like, if it was the norm, you wouldn't be treated differently. So shut up and keep being a good dad, okay? (laughs) I feel extremely lucky and blessed to have a very active partner. Yeah. And and so I had friends when I was back – breastfeeding be like, wow, this like CJ's the gold standard. They were like, what's it like to have a 50-50 parent partnership? And I go, there's no such thing as 50-50. No. Because he would have to have been pregnant for nine months and then breastfeeding for as long as I did. And he'll never be able to make that up. And yeah. I bring that up in therapy a lot. 100%. Um, so it, so there, it can't be 50-50, but it's as close to it as possible. And I take that as a massive win. Yes. So I am interested because I haven't seen you in a long time. Like your comedy show, I also haven't seen you as a human, which is upsetting. But your old stuff, very – I mean, I'm sure your new stuff is very funny too, but very like self-deprecating, talking about how slutty you are, talking about all the inappropriate like sex things – Next level with your dad in the audience fairly often, and then making fun of him as well in the awkwardness. So, how much of that has transitioned? Because having kids, I imagine as a comedian, is just a gold mine. Yes. Like the shit they do. Yeah, even being pregnant. And there was so much I didn't know. My mom is a labor and delivery nurse, taught Lamas for. 20 years and like was constantly exposing me to things. And there was still stuff I didn't know. I skipped that class. I didn't do Lamaze. I didn't. Well, we did like one Zoom birthing class and they showed the birthing video, which I couldn't watch. I was like too afraid. (laughs) And then like we missed another one because we went to a Lakers game. Like we we were true. We were birthing class dropouts. Like, we did not yeah. make it through. And so I didn't know about That's like, your Indiana roots coming out. Yeah, You absolutely. wouldn't do that if you were born in L.A. You'd be at every class early. You'd be taking notes. I was like, listen, we'll figure it out. And yeah. it was funny, too, because they were like, people were t- out here. These bitches are really like, I'm going to do it natural. And I'm like, give me the drugs Why? before I get there. Like, I, Yeah, don't I, be a hero. So I have a lot of jokes about that. Um, I Because I, I find it to be... Like, I just think what we do, it's a, it's really insane and cool. Like I, I went to see Top Gun maybe two weeks after giving birth and I'm sitting there and I'm watching the movie. I'm like, this is incredible. And then I was like, I'm in a diaper. Like I'm incredible. (laughs) I'm incredible. I cannot believe I think this five foot four Scientologist is cool when I'm cool. So I was like, I should be in Top Gun. Um, Yes. So it's in your diaper. Absolutely. And in those diapers that are so comfortable too. Um, They really are. I tell every new mom, I'm like, take everything. Yes. Every time the nurse leaves, every time they fill your station, put it in your bag. Bring a duffel bag to put the stuff in because you paid for it. Don't feel bad. They will restock it again an hour later. Fill your bag. 
do that, take all the diapers, all the extra milk, all the everything. Yeah, we raided it because and and people had Is that told an me Indiana that. thing too? I think so. We brought an extra <laughs> bag and then we were walking out like we were bank robbers. You know, we had like a <laughs> duffel bag stuffed with Earthbreeze eco sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but it's an ultra concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It is the best of all worlds. Earthbreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and your skin. I absolutely love them. They're so convenient. They take up very little space and you don't have the giant bulky jugs that always leak no matter how hard I try. One Earthbreeze eco sheet does all the hard work for you. And these tiny sheets can stop millions of detergent jugs from entering our ecosystem. Not only is it better for the planet, but Earthbreeze is also better for sensitive skin. Earthbreeze Eco Sheets are dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic, and free of bleach, dyes, and parabens. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I've actually done something good just by doing my laundry. I think you should give it a try, and if you decide to go back to your old stuff for whatever reason, you get a full refund on your Earthbreeze purchase, no questions asked. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash MinaAF. That's earthbreeze.com slash MinaAF to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash MinaAF. And it, well, I gave birth in the peak of the formula shortage too. And so I was really oh, having to yeah. like power through breastfeeding where I think I would have pulled, I think I would have been like, I don't want to do this, but I was like, I don't know where I'm going to find formula. And I'm like, I can't add that? black market surfing to my already very busy to-do list. Well, uh, I was very successful at that. And I don't know the situation I was partaking in, but I got it for 50 cents on the dollar from a very nice woman for from. For both children, I reached wow. back out to her and I said, do you still have formula? And she's like, I do. <laughs> and what was her – she had a hookup? <laughs> I didn't ask questions because I was like, yeah. I don't want to know the answer. But she lived like south side of Indy. I Love found her. her on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist. Yeah. I don't know when I was looking for like bulk formula and lots of kids – um, a significantly older husband that was mowing the lawn a couple times, so I met him. But round one with Jack, she had some like shelves in her garage and she had like diapers and formula. But round two, when Charlie was born, at this point, she had like a, a legit setup and had like a trailer that she that was all organized, parked in the driveway, along with like a very organized garage. And I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm saving money. And the thing is, I could pay for right, I could pay full price formula, but who wants to do that? Not me. Robin Hood of formula. She's stealing from yeah. the rich to give to the poor. Good for her. <laughs> Do I count as poor? Well, in, poor. in need. In need of in, formula. I was in need of formula. Um, God, the other funny thing, uh, when I was leaving the hospital, I believe it was with Jack because I think it was the first time. Like, you know, we put him in the thing in the back and the nurse has to like roll you out there. So I opened the door to get in the front seat. Oh, the judgment in her eyes. She was like, you're not going to sit in the back with your baby. I was like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I was just, Checking. I was just putting my bag in the front. <laughs> Making sure 
everything was. What am I supposed to do in the back seat? Like I've been staring at this baby in the hospital post C-section for four days. I don't need to stare at them and get car sick in the back of the car on the ride home. Where we, um, where I delivered, I don't know why I said we. Where I delivered, they don't have, they don't even have nurseries. Nur- the nursery's gone. Oh, so we can't even send the baby out of the room. And I was oh like, oh my gosh. Oh, because they want you to bond. And I'm like, I want to, like, well, we're going to bond. They didn't get rid of the nursery because they want you to bond. They got rid of it because COVID was I a know. convenient no. excuse. And then they cut the budget. Exactly. Which is what how hotels are. I'm like, stop blaming everything. Yeah. On co- They're like, we don't have room service. I'm like, you should have room service. This is the number one yeah. time to have. So we, so Conrad was just in with us. So I obviously couldn't sleep at all. And then they were like, okay, so you're going to stay another night. And I go, I want to go. And they were like, are you sure? And so I had them discharge me early because I was like, I got I can't just be locked in a room. You're not helping. The point of staying there is to be able to like sleep and get help. And if you guys can't do that, then cut me loose. Yeah, I don't want to pay for another night. This is the this is the most expensive worst hotel I've ever been in. We have um friends, uh, Luke and Hannah Rhodes. I'm sure you uh-huh. know who Luke Rhodes is. Yeah. Yes. You guys, for those of you who don't know, Luke Rhodes has the best quads in the NFL. He is the Colts long snap. He is a Viking of a man. Um, and we are friends with him and his wife and their baby was born a couple weeks before ours. And so we had Jack and, and then what he was born in 2020, 2018. Oh my God. He was born in 2018. So pre COVID and we were going to go to IU health to have Charlie and Luke and Hannah had their baby there a few weeks before Charlie was born and had the worst experience ever because the nursery had been shut down. Yeah. It originally because of COVID, but then they decided never to open it back up. And I was like, no effing way. A week before I was scheduled to, for my C-section, I called my doctor and I was like, not doing it. Switch me to another hospital. I called. I checked. The nursery is open at this one. They take the baby. So we switched one week before my C-section because it's so helpful to be able to sleep for four days before you're not going to sleep forever. Yeah. And, and you go into it. I was induced and my induction started at 8 p.m. at night. So it was like I was oh. already – and it's not like the end of pregnancy is like the fun time to sleep. You're so uncomfortable. I had yeah. like that brutal heartburn because my little angel came with a full head of hair. And and so you're not sleeping well. And then you go in and you're in labor for a day and a half not sleeping. And then, yeah, I was just like, oh, listen, I love him, but I need you to take him away. And they were like, no, yeah, we don't really do that. So and then someone had told me the cookies were really good. And I got the cookies. And the cookies – sucked. And I said, get me out of here. Yeah. At least if there were cookies that were decent, it'd be be all right. And it's hard to make a cookie suck. It is. It is really hard to, but sounds like they accomplished that goal for you. They made it extra special. Well, I feel like this is getting me very, very excited to be on your new podcast um, because we are going to have a lot of weird things to talk about with, uh, you know, my kids are putting Pokemon, you know, their favorite thing right now. Uh What I was going to say is they've been putting Pokemons in their butt. But (laughs) what they both love doing right now because they think it's so funny is they will – it started because they'd be like scratching their butt and then they would smell their finger and it would smell like butthole. And now they just shove their fingers in there and try to make me smell them because they think it's funny because it's gross. So that's fun. Wait till you get to that age. 
how so we're at the we have one and he's an angel um you know i've obviously described the bad things uh he has motion sickness you know there's there's drawbacks but i go this he's the best he if people meet him and they go oh he's a trick baby he tricks you into having another one which he kind of has done where i'm like I think yes. he'd be a great big brother and like all oh, of the, yeah. all of the things you convince yourself. And so we were at a wedding this past weekend and I was maybe three margaritas deep. I go, I think we should start trying. And CJ was like, what are you even <laughs> talking about? What? And you've heard the saying one is. That's the time yeah, to make that decision. One is one and two is 20. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've. I like, think one is one two is two and three is 20. Like if you hit three, if you're no longer man-to-man coverage, just have a basketball team. You know, go big. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it is. It's a different life even with two, but it's still like because you have a very strong partner, you at least still have like, you can can handle each one. And the second one's like Charlie's bat shit crazy and I love her. Yeah. I feel like she's probably how you and I are as adults, but in a psycho two Mm -hmm. and a half year old. And and she has an older brother. She does. So it's like I'm the youngest of boys. Whenever people hear that, they go, "That makes sense." Yes. And they're not saying it like it's a nice thing. Yes. Um. It's like, oh yeah, you seem like you, you were raised s- by wolves. Exactly. And now I know that you were. So if we were ha- have a boy, if we were to have another boy, I know that would be pure chaos because they would just be beating each other up and fighting and swords and you know. Charlie to- runs Jack's world. She like he doesn't. He's scared of her. Like she she threw this like frozen horse that's pretty good. It's like the size of my head. Chucked it at his temple. And he, granted, he is mean to her sometimes, but he just started crying. He was like, baby, why did you do that? I'm not mean to you. And I'm like, God, you're such a jerk, Charlie. But I still like they're gonna be best friends. When our when Hannah and Luke brought their kid over um over um Memorial Weekend. Their little boy is the size of Jack, but Charlie's age, because again, dad's a Viking. Yeah. And NFL player. he had mm-hmm. he two different times he snatched snuff from Charlie. And all we hear is crying because Jack had snatched it back from him. And Jack's explanation was, well, he took it from baby. So I took it from him and gave it back to baby. Good. And while I'm like, you know, I don't love the snatching. I, I appreciate you defending your sister. And so did Hannah. She was like, that's great. He calls her baby. Yes. And I really hope it sticks so it's like dirty dancing when she's an yeah. adult and we all still call her baby. Well, Michael Gailey, my it. brother, he was called baby Michael um, until I was born. And so he was baby oh. Michael until he was like four. And then I was and then he born. Didn't get to be and, anymore. and he he was not allowed to hold me <laughs> because he hated me so much. And he kept <laughs> Chuck you. He kept saying, When are you taking her back? Like, when are you taking her back to the hospital? Because he yeah, was like, I don't yeah. want her here. And I would say that energy persisted until he was about 17 <laughs> with how yeah. he felt about me. Well, Jack, yeah. So I guess we're kind of lucky that Jack is pretty sweet to Charlie when she's not. He walked up to me the other day and I was like, what? it looked like a hickey on his shoulder. And I was like, buddy, what is this? And he was like, baby bit me. And I was like, bro, why didn't oh. you tell me that she bit you when she bit you? Because it was a fresh bite. And I'm like, baby, don't bite your brother. And she goes, okay, I love you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> So your new podcast is launched. I'm super excited to be guesting on it soon. 
I think you're going to be one of our very first non-comedy actresses. So that'll be huge. Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah. So you guys, I'm going to be recording um, in a few weeks with Megan and her team. I'm very excited. So I'll share that when that comes out. Make sure you give her a follow. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? I know I follow you, but I can't remember. My my Instagram is better Megan Gailey because there was a Megan Gailey oh. and I needed to teach her a lesson. That's, um, yeah. She is... She has now since gotten married and Megan Gailey is up for grabs, but I do not want her sloppy seconds. So it's M-E-G-A-N-G-A-I-L-E-Y. And um, the podcast is I Love My Kid But. And then I'm actually going to be doing a little Midwestern tour in September. I'll be in Chicago, Cincinnati, Columbus, and then winding up doing two nights headlining Let's Fest in Indianapolis. Do I, Okay. Are tickets available now? Because then I will buy them. I think I think they should Let's be. And I fest. know that I'm going to be in indie. Let's Fest is super fun. It's put on by local comics in indie. The indie comedy scene is actually, oh, I shouldn't be saying actually, like I'm a, you know, looking down on it. It's, it's no, indie, so, indie gets, you know, the um, short end of the stick for a lot of things. I get it. Yeah. No, it's gotten really robust. It's night and day from when I started there. The clubs are good. The independent shows. So I'll be in Indy the 20, September 28th and September 29th for Let's Fest. I'm texting Steve as you're saying this because he is, okay. I am the weakest link. Okay. He's going to be like, Let's Fest? Oh, very excited. Okay. So if you guys are going to be any of those cities or close to them, you should see Megan. She's insanely funny. Uh, love her to death. Um, make sure you look for her podcast, I Love My Kid Butt. Thank you all for listening. Um, you guys know the routine. There's the link in the show notes. Leave a question, leave a story, leave something nasty you feel like you need to say to me, whatever it is. Leave it there. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday. <laughs> 